The primary purpose of the matter over mind experience is to educate. It doesn't constitute advice or services. Before making any changes, please consult a medical or dietary professional. Nutrition, gut health, mental health, hormones, and so much more. These all play roles in sustainable weight management. So, I scour the globe for top experts in fitness, health, and weight loss to bring to you this podcast. So, take a seat and enjoy the ride. Welcome to another episode of the Matt Overmind Experience. I'm your host, Master Trainer and weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. And today, I have a renowned addiction expert, Dr. Rob Kelly. You know, before the interviews, I always do like a little pre-interview. We talk about a couple of things and why I like to have these individuals on the show. And I think addiction is such an important thing. We're addicted to so many things in life. I mean, you know, I've talked about sugar addiction. We've talked about alcohol, TikTok, and, and Instagram. Those could also be addiction. So we have a lot of stuff to really get into today. So stick around and really pay attention to the things that Dr. Kelly is going to discuss with us today. And of course, I'm going to have a hack of the episode. The starting point of stepping out of addiction and into a solution. Because I think that's where we get stuck. We, even if we know we're addicted... We don't know how to step into the solution. And that's what we're going to talk about when we get into the hack today. And with that being said, let's welcome Dr. Kale to the show. Hey, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you for having me on. It's going to be a good show, guys. It's going to be a great show. You know, I always deliver the best. And I have another fantastic guy right here. So tell, tell my audience about yourself. So my name is Dr. Rob Kelly. I'm an addiction uh, expert and a childhood trauma expert. Um, <clears throat> we don't just mainly deal with addictions. Uh, we deal addictions to food, drugs, sex, cake, wh whatever it may be, because it's not the addiction itself. We have to turn to neuroscience to find out what's going on. So uh, we specialize also in childhood trauma. So if I have an addiction here that's out of control, then there's something in my childhood that's happened that's scarring me and making me make them decisions because the amygdala, where all the trauma is kept, it's like a smoke alarm to the brain. Is, is kind of telling me to do it. So any form of addiction is self-sabotage. So, so then <clears throat> why, why is addiction so large in today's society? <clears throat> well, depends what addiction we're talking about. If we're talking about alcohol and drugs, then alcohol, it was classed as a necessary business when COVID was here. So that tells you how many people are drinking, which is, which is, which is good. Um, drugs, unfortunately, uh, most of, I'd say 90% of heroin addicts that turn up in my office uh, started in the doctor's office with pain meds. So there lies the problem. Everybody wants to fix something with a med. You cannot fix any addiction with a strong medication or painkiller. You just can't do it. So then it sounds like we should be going down to the root of the addiction and not just trying to, like you say, medicate your way out of it, right? 100%. What's the root cause? What's What's causing me to act this way, feel this way? You know, there's four chemicals in the brain that need to happen every day for me to be happy. If they don't happen, <clears throat> then I'm not going to be happy. 
That could lead to depression, which could lead to overeating. I know me myself uh, a year ago, uh, I was weighing 330 pounds ish, and I decided to get back in training and lose weight. I've lost 100 pounds over the last 12 months. And it's the same mentality of, you know, everybody wants to concentrate on the food. It's not the food. It's not the food. When I eat, it was self-sabotage. When I was eating cake, it was self-sabotage because I hated myself. So we go back to the trauma, clear that up, and the eating, healthy, and drinking, healthy, and anything else that we've got going on, healthy, then the losing weight is easy. So then I have a follow-up question because when I work with clients, I've, uh, I've recommended them to experts in the past because they are addicted to foods, right? Especially sugary foods because sugar is something that we're really addicted to in today's society. Now, what is, you, you mentioned earlier about the childhood piece of it, right? So I'm kind of looking at something, you know, when we were kids, a lot of times we feel like if we did a good job, we would get a cookie. And you know, usually if we get a good job, we'll get some kind of snack or something that's sweet or something like that. Is that tied into addiction in your opinion? Um, yes, it can be. I've never heard it put like that, but that's a great question. And I think, I think that's correct. I really do. You know, <clears throat> um, people look at sugar now as energy and you know good for you uh, and then they drink energy drinks saying well listen it's, it's got zero sugar in energy drinks have a chemical in it that's a thousand times more addictive than sugar you know so <clears throat> and then we say well if you can't drink that i can't drink coffee because coffee stimulates me coffee does not stimulate you coffee stops the tiredness hormones cells from creating any bigger than they already are it doesn't give you energy it just takes the tiredness away. So that's two different things. But yeah, that sugar, whoo, it's a killer, absolute killer. So then are you thinking it goes, it's, it now seeps into your psyche of, you know, um, well, you know, if, I'm, if I need to reward myself, I should get something sweet, right? Or something like that, which may, you know, may contribute to that addiction going back to the childhood piece? 100%, absolute 100%. I don't know in my day, uh, I don't know about yours, but in my day, uh, we didn't get fruit. We're doing anything good. We got a candy bar. We got chocolate. We got cake. We got you know something nice that we can. You know, there's been studies on babies that once we introduce babies to a sweetener or sugar, they don't eat anything else. They crave for that sugar all the time. Now, babies that are not and given fruit are from birth onwards, whenever they can eat, um, doesn't crave sugar and goes on to eat uh, to live a healthy life. So it's really important that we understand. And again, I love the way you said that the root cause. What's the root cause of my addiction? Or what's the root cause of my depression? Because what people do is they'll get depressed because they're eating the wrong food. You know, if you're, if you're on a diet so, or on healthy eating, trying four bars of chocolate the day before, you'll feel like crap the day after. So I get depressed. So then I go to the doctor and I say, hey, I'm depressed. And he gives me an SSR, which is a slow release serotonin. And in four or five weeks, oh, I'm back to normal and I feel okay. Why aren't we asking the question, why is my serotonin low in the first place? you'll find that it's a natural chemical, social belonging, and sunlight. Once we get those two, your serotonin will be high. And I've worked with experts as well who've connected um, mental health with gut health as well. Because I believe, is it mostly a serotonin or is it your dopamine that's made in your gut? Made in in the gut, yeah, definitely. So so go back to the, you know, I met uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger many, many years ago. And obviously he was great at eating food. And, and, you know, what we eat is who we are is so true. You know, if you eat, it's like a computer. If you put crap in, you're going to get crap out. You feel lethargic the next day, you know, get, a, get the energy drink, get us going. It's just, it's, it's terrible. You can feel 
by not touching anything. Now, I'm not talking about psych meds or depression meds. If you're on them, great. What I'm talking about is seeking other alternatives. Like, what's the root cause? How can I get these four chemicals every day? Am I getting 20 minutes of exercise every day at least? And am I socializing with people? Because uh, when we start doing that, I'm telling you guys, I've been doing this for 30 years with 8,000 patients. I work with the best of the best and the most famous people in the world, government, footballers, rock stars. I've done them all. And you have to, <clears throat> you have to have these four chemicals, but everything will fall into place <clears throat> once you cut the sugar, cut the bread. Just cut the sugar, cut the bread, you know, that's, it's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Because again, it's not the cake, bread, it's the mindset around that. So let's, as we talk about mindset, then let's talk about another type of addiction. Let's say like uh, social media, TikTok, Instagram, stuff like that. I'm sure you've encountered that as well. What do you have to say? What do you usually encounter in those situations? I had a friend the other day and he said, wow, I've got 5,000 friends on Facebook. And my reply is always the same. Well, you actually haven't, you plugged into the wall, but that's okay. You know, we fell into this trap where iPhones or Android phones and laptops and computers, especially phones, is the norm. What we're not seeing behind everybody buying the child a phone is you've lost your social belonging, you lose your identity, and you end up having no social skills, which will affect you in later life and sometimes affects you now. I have a friend that never takes his face out of the phone. He doesn't have a life. He's, he gets up every morning, see how many likes he's got. If he doesn't have as many likes as he wanted, well, he's setting the brain up for that day to be depressed as if he's a loser. So it really is important that we realize the addiction to, to these devices before, it, before the next generation comes. Because this generation, when they get to 20, 30, and 40, God knows what they're going to do. They would be living in our own little specialized uh, like hyperbaric chambers or something. Yes. Now, uh, let's talk about, we're talking about, continue with the conversation on addiction, of course. Why do you then consider it a disease? It's a disease for a couple of reasons. <clears throat> Alcoholics are born, drug addicts are made. So alcoholics are born with a predisposition to alcohol. We're allergic to the ethanol in alcohol. So when we're born, we have that default in three parts of the brain, hypothalamus, basal ganglia, and the amygdala. That's different to anybody else. When I say drug addicts are, are, are made, they have the addicted personality. They take a drug, they like it, they keep doing it. Basal ganglia is a repetition strength and confirms. Let's talk about alcohol a second. Every alcoholic... Um, Basal ganglia is broken. You'll see, you'll see a pattern. Everything's good. Get the job back. Get the cars back. Get the girlfriend back. And then bang, we self-sabotage, which means relapse. So that's uh, absolutely broken. needs repair. So when you really, in layman's terms, see what a disease is, it's something out of my control I cannot control. So you've heard this before. Can you not just stop drinking because of your kids? No. The, the choice of whether I took alcohol was gone many, many years ago. I have to take alcohol. They took my kids off me. I had to drink. I could not stop drinking. So there is why it's a disease. Drug addicts are the same. 90% again of uh, you know, drug addicts, heroin addicts that come to my office started in the doctor's office. So, you know, it's definitely, definitely a disease. Those people who, who disagree with me, go do your homework because you, 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 you're, you're telling these guys around you have a choice. We don't have a choice. Now, there's a huge difference between somebody who abuses alcohol and an alcoholic. So if you can trace three generations back and you can see alcoholism in them three generations, you definitely, definitely are an alcoholic. Even though it's only the only illness in the world that's self-diagnosed. But you can see a pattern. And if you have the tendencies, you're probably going that way. If you don't, 
then you probably abuse alcohol because it's passed down from generation. I see. And it's interesting that you say three generations. Why do you say that necessarily? Our research shows that by the time you get to the fourth generation, we had sayings like, oh, great-grandfather liked to drink. So there's no monitoring of that at all until alcoholism with Betty Ford, you know, in, in the 50s, 60s, uh, came to fruition. Then everyone thought, oh, my God, he's an alcoholic, he's an alcoholic. But back in the day, it was father liked to drink. Plus, it was always hidden because of the social pressure of, of being branded the alcoholic because people don't understand. It's the most misunderstood disease in the world. Interesting. So when someone struggles, and I know this answer is going to be different for each person, but, and you look at it from a neurological standpoint, how long does it take for someone to start getting over alcoholism? Uh, when they come and work with us, it's one day. You know, it's not the alcohol. That's what most people freak out about. We can change neural pathways. Everybody can do this. You know, I can tell you later on if you want me to. Everybody can change their day tomorrow and have a fantastic day. Everybody listening to this podcast, there's just a few simple rules that we need to do. So we fall into this pattern that what I did yesterday had a bad day. You know, I didn't get that job. If I don't change the way I think that evening or the next morning, then I'm going to repeat because the basal ganglion is repeating every day. Unless you introduce new stuff to it, you're going to have a bad day today. And that's how we get towards depression and suicide. And was, is that pattern similar for other types of um, addiction? Yes, definitely. Remember, guys, always remember it's not about the food. It's not about the alcohol. It's all about this. All about this. I hate to say this, and, and, but it's, it's true. Uh, that's some, some people who have been raped and abused in the past uh, turn out to be heavy, heavy, heavy girls and boys as well because they find the addiction in food. They're attracted to food because it's comfortable. They're... <clears throat> We always go back to a painful place, but it becomes a comfort zone. Mine, mine was alcohol. There was a, a woman, a girl, a young girl in Manchester back home, was kidnapped off the side of the street, 16 years old. They put a nine month, you know, searching for a confinder. One day a police car was following a car down the road and he pulled him over for a broken signal light, indicator light. He had a stolen screwdriver, went back to the house, more stolen stuff. There was a big box in the corner four foot high by 12 foot wide. Policemen smashed the lock off and there was the girl that had gone missing nine months before. She was alive, she was beaten and bruised. He took her out the, the, the box every single day. He fed her, he abused her, restroom back in the box. For nine months, she did that. So when the policewoman went over and took her hand and helped her out of the box, was the first thing she did. Well, she got back in the box. That's what we do with our life. If we don't break that and smash that box up, you always got to get in it as painful as it is. That's an, in, that's an awesome story. I mean, wow. And that's really, really powerful. Uh, and I've heard similar situations like that. Because I mean, like they go back to a place of familiarity, what they're familiar. This is what they know. And like, and even with the family dynamic, you're talking about, you know, father or, or mother used to drink however, and we go back to what we know. So then tie this in because there is a family dynamic and you talk about the generational piece of it, but how is that important in the res in resolving addiction? Well, it's the trauma we get from learned behavior and enmeshment. Mamas, mums can pass depression down even to, to daughters. So the learned behavior, if you grow up in a house that's always drinking and it's norm, and here's one for the girls. If you grow up where when father went out and got drunk, he came home and beat, beat mom, 
and that was a regular thing when you grow up you're going to attract those people that are an alcoholic and end up beating you and be violent because that's the norm when you get into a normal relationship with a loving guy you will self-sabotage it because it doesn't become the norm so we go back to that violent relationship every single time Wow, that's absolutely huge. And thank you for so much for sharing all that you just shared. Sitting here, I'm learning a whole lot and really uncovering some things about addiction that I, and, 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 and really one of the big thing I love about this interview is that we're talking about all different types of addiction. We're not just talking about alcohol. We're not just talking about sugar. We're talking about so many things that we could be and not even know what we're addicted to, but ways to get out of it, which is what we're really going to get into in the hack of the episode coming up shortly. But before I do it, your boy got to pay some bills so I can, you know, give you all this wonderful information, right? So let me tell you about one of my favorite company, the Amino Co. See, their products are 100% science-backed, built on amino acid technology, first funded by NASA and further refined through rigorous research and independent clinical trials. So I'm going to tell you about Perform, an essential amino acid-based formulation designed to improve muscle performance during exercise, enhance mental clarity and concentration, reduce fatigue and dehydration, and minimize recovery times. I use Perform more like a pre-workout. I drink it within about 15 minutes before I do my workout. And what I love about it is that each serving is 60 milligrams of caffeine instead of 200, 300, 400 that you see in a lot of these pre-workouts because it also has essential amino acids, a particular blend, and creatine, which gives me more energy without having to boost me up with a bunch of caffeine, which can lead to a bunch of health complications down the road, right? So that's why I love to use Perform as my pre-workout. The uh, ingredients to Perform have been clinically proven to improve strength and physical performance in these trials. 20% in exercise completed, 22% in endurance, 11% 11% increase in peak performance during exercise and 10% improvement in cognitive function during exercise. So visit aminoco.com slash health. We give you 30% off perform and all the essential amino based products. Of course, the link will be in the description of the podcast. And with that being said, we're on to the hack of the episode. We're talking about addiction, but now we're going to talk about a possible solution. So what are the start starting points to step out of addiction and into a solution. The first thing we do, guys, and it's real easy, but we don't want to do it, is we start dialogue with somebody. If you think that what you're doing repetitively on a daily basis is injuring you or people around you and you want to seek help, start dialogue. Most people don't want to start the dialogue. And most people think, you know, I I don't want to tell anybody I'm overeating. I don't tell anybody I'm taking drugs. I'll drink too much alcohol. But unfortunately, especially with addiction, alcohol and drugs, everybody knows we're the last person to so start dialogue, seek out a great trauma therapist for alcohol addiction and any other addiction. You want a great trauma therapist. I, I'm, I think therapy as a whole is amazing. Uh, but if you're suffering from any kind of addiction, they can't help you unless they've been through it themselves and have special training in trauma itself. You know, any good dietitian for food, any good uh, addiction doctor like me, We'll, we'll send you in the right direction. Don't suffer alone and don't say to yourself, I'll do it tomorrow. Do it today. We don't have to. Everyone thinks they've got time. Nobody's got time. I went to bed last night. I was 19. I got up this morning. I was 61. People laugh when I say that. But if you have children, 
When's the, when's, when's the time you took them to kindergarten? Next minute you're saying they're going to college. We don't have time. Change your life today. Today, not tomorrow. Today, today improve your life, you know, because if you, don't, if, you, if you don't improve your life, then what's the point of all this, right? You need to be, you need to be happy in what you're doing. You need to experience joy. I mean, that's, you know, today, tomorrow is not promised to anybody. And like you said, we don't necessarily have time. If we can say we're going to do something tomorrow, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, right? So today is the day to make the change. Today is the day to do the right thing. So I'm really glad you're sharing that. This is um, absolutely powerful. And one question I'm going to ask before I get to the, my last statement, because you're talking about a, a good doctor, um, a good, um, I guess you say, addiction expert or psychologist or something of that nature. What criteria would you look at other than them them having experience? Would you should someone look at to consider someone good in that field? Well, first of all, get onto Google, see the reviews. That's the first thing you do to check. There might be one or two there that's not good, but they always get one or two. And when you go to them, listen, guys, this is the biggest, the biggest trust that everybody falls into is when they go in to see the doctor, they're all nervous and the doctor's king, he is the king. He hasn't got all the answers. And just because he's giving you the drug of the month doesn't mean it's good for you. Get a second opinion. Make sure that when you go in, you ask him what you need. Don't just go in there and follow him. Ask him what you need. If you don't like the answers, get another doctor. If you don't like the answers, get another therapist. And I'll tell you why I say that, because this is your life we're talking about. You know, again, 90% doctor's office, painkillers, where it all started. The medical fraternity, when it comes to addiction, is broken. Absolutely broken. So you really have to do your homework. And call us, we'll redirect you. We're never going to sell you anything. We're here to help. We're a family company. There's uh, seven, eight, nine of us right now. Uh, and three of them are on full-time phone duties, free of charge to everybody that needs direction or help. And uh, how, my, how can my audience learn more about your work? Uh, Dr. Rob Kelly on any search engine. I spell my name just in case you're listening and not watching. R-O-B-B-K-E-L-L-Y.com. Jump on the website. There's loads of stuff there. There's actually a button on there. If you go to the third or fourth page, it comes straight through to me. Only if you're struggling and only if you're in that bad place, click that yellow button. I'll answer the phone and we'll, and we'll, uh, we'll talk it through without a doubt. Thank you so much for that. And the show notes are going to be ZikaHealth.com slash DR Rob Kelly. And of course, his website will be in the show notes. Dr. Rob Kelly, thank you so much for being here. This is a fantastic episode. My audience is going to get so much out of this. So thank you again and uh, enjoy the rest of your day, everyone. Thank you so much. Bye, guys. Thanks for joining the Matter Over Mind experience. If you got good content out of this or any of my shows, save, subscribe, and share it with anyone who needs this information. Remember, always take the scenic route 